welcome to the Win Daily PGA Podcast. My name is Phil Nason. He's Antonio D'Arcangelis. And we're here to talk the Honda Classic. What's happening, dude? Uh, I'm shrugging my shoulders a bit at that finish at, at the... Uh at the tournament last week, a uh, lot of lot of interesting action at the end of it, and it was great to watch. I mean, just a lot of fun stuff. Guys faltered a little bit on, on down the stretch on Sunday, but Patrick Reed, he really is the Sith Lord of of uh, of golf. I mean, just harnessing the power of evil to do to to shoot low scores. Well, he shot low scores, <laughs> and he won. And that was a big win for him. I missed that tournament. I was, uh, I had a tennis obligation that I had to do. So it is what it is. But we have the Honda Classic. And one thing about the Honda Classic at the PGA National at Palm Beach Gardens, where my buddy is the tennis director, there's a lot of water in or on this golf course, correct? Yeah, it's in play on 15 holes. And... <clears throat> that combined with some higher wind speeds, because it regularly blows around uh, 15 to 20 miles an hour, um, can can combine to to give you some others, some big scores. So or guys some bad are going to look. Yeah, uh, that's that that stretch 15 uh, through 17 is known as the bear trap. Right. You know, navigating through that without making uh, some big scores is going to be crucial this week. I would think so. But unlike last week, this is a 36-hole cut. The top 65 and the ties will play on the weekend. And we have 144 golfers in the field. This is a par 70, 7,125-yard golf course. It was designed by Tom Fazio. And, of course, the Golden Bear was involved. Jack Nicholas, Bermuda Greens. They're decent putting greens. Fairways are also Bermuda, which is sometimes rare. And like I said, there's a lot of water. And like Antonio said, we've got the bear trap where winners are made and losers get shade. What do you think about this tournament? Overview, what do you think? What are the focus stat categories that our listeners need to be paying attention to this week? Well, this is PGA National is a tougher, tougher golf course. And we usually see the cut come in around like plus one or so. Um, the focus stat categories this week are greens and regulation. That's kind of the number one thing. You need to hit greens. You need to avoid bogeys. Um, the strokes gain stats every week kind of come into play. This week it's strokes gain approach, strokes gain around the green. Um, strokes gain off the tee isn't as important. We've seen that in the past in some of these courses do well. It's, it's a tournament that longer hitters can do well on, um, but longer hitters who rank well in bogey avoidance. So if you can kind of like cross-pollinate those two stack categories, uh, some of those are some of the guys you're going to be looking, looking to in GPPs. Um, there's a lot of danger right off the fairway. So, you know, you, you're looking for, for guys who, who hit fairways, but not everybody really hits the fairways here anyway. So there's a lot of forced layups. It takes driver out of the hands of some of these big hitters. But if they're inaccurate with their driver, they just club down. Uh, so it's not something that – it's it, strokes gain off the tee has come into play, and sometimes you see some stuff. But strokes gain approach is really the most impactful stat um, that we're going to see here. Yeah, that makes sense. 
You know who I'm looking at this week, and, and I know that perhaps not a lot of people will agree with me, but I like Billy Horschel in this event. I know he's missed a couple of cuts over his last five or six matchups or tournaments here. But Billy Horschel is a guy that I think in 9200 is not a bad price for a scrambler like him, right? It's a good price. Um, he's another one of these guys who he's feast or famine. He does well, or he, he you can see him at the bottom of the leaderboard, or at the, you know at the at finishing in like this, you know missing the cut or finishing way down, even if he does make the cut. So he's a, he's a guy I would stay away from in cash games, but in GPPs. Um, you have to like where he stands in a lot of his strokes gain categories. That's a huge part of contending here. And uh, a lot like Ricky Fowler. I mean, I love Ricky Fowler, but they need to avoid the big numbers. And they need to get through that bear trap without, you know, an X or another, as we like to say. Well, Ricky Fowler is going to be highly owned, I would think. But I always worry about him putting up that big number. I think that's possible for him, correct? Yeah. I mean, he's won here. And he won here in 2017. He t- he seems to do pretty well on the Florida tracks. Um, you know, a lot of guys putt well on Bermuda. And, you know, he's one of the world's best putters. So, you know, it really comes down this week to his ball striking, which has been a strength in the past for him. But he's seen that kind of fade a little bit this year. Uh, so this is a chance for him to get right. I don't know if we're going to see crazy ownership on on him. I think, you know, Gary Woodland might be a little more popular uh, and I think you're going to see higher ownership on Horschel. I think that that discount is going to attract a lot of people. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is, is is really getting a lot of press. So he might see some high ownership. And a lot of people are going to go to Victor Hovland, who's coming off his victory in Puerto Rico. Um, tough to win week to week. But Hovland is the kind of player who who can put it together. And again, one of these guys making his debut here at the Honda Classic. I usually like to stay away from guys who are making debuts. Um, but Hovland is a good player. He's very consistent, right? And and I think you have to be consistent on this golf course. Um, Sanjay Im, right? Is he another one you like? Yeah, um, I like Im. He's not my favorite in like that elite stretch, but I'm going to be using some some of him. And just to go back to what we were talking about with debuts here, it hasn't classically been that much of an issue. Uh, guys did well last year in their debuts. We saw uh, Kyung Hoon Lee finish in a tie for seventh with Wyndham Clark, who was also making his debut here. Um, and there's some golfers making their debuts here who have a decent shot at the top 25. And that list includes guys who are bargain golfers uh, like Harry Higgs, who's a good ball striker, Kirk Kitayama, who we talked about last week, but really didn't have a great uh, week. And uh, Matthew Wolf, who's super talented. He's got that weird swing. Um, Wolf is a guy to keep your eye on this week. And also Maverick McNeely, who's, you know, always carries low ownership and is a, is a, is a good like final piece for your GPPs. Yeah, those are all nice names. Um, Charles Schwartzel. I've been hearing his name a bit, too. And, and this is the kind of course where he excels. I believe he's got a Masters in his, uh, on his trophy case. And yeah, he's good he won, at PGA he, National. He won a green jacket back in 2011. And since then, we haven't heard a ton about Charles Schwartzel. 
but he loves to play uh, tough golf courses. He contends at them. And he's got a good track record here. His overall game's been rounding into form, so he's a guy I have my eye on. He's a little expensive on, on DraftKings. He's 8100 Right. So so you could see you could see ownership uh, down a little bit because of that, which is fine. Another guy right in that price range that I like a lot is Emiliano Grillo. Mm-hmm. He's coming off. He, he, he tied for third at the Puerto Rico Open. And the conditions there are something we can look at because they should resemble what the golfers are dealing with in Florida. Um, a lot more than they did on the West Coast swing. Right. Uh, you have, yeah, you have obviously Bermuda Greens, which mm-hmm. guys prefer. And, and uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of water here. There was some water in Puerto Rico and those winds. They're just fresh off dealing with those winds. So players who do well in wind um, should, should fare well. And, and there's a few of those in my picks this week. Quite a few, actually. And you can catch Antonio's work over at Wind Daily Sports. We have some of the best PGA, if not the best, PGA content that you're going to find anywhere. And we are rolling it out today and tomorrow. And also, we want to make sure that you remember that this is an East Coast golf tournament. And that means you got to be ready early, right? Well, I think DK locks at 5 a.m. Right, 5 a.m. And and DraftKings is actually... Uh, they're not offering the huge expensive tournaments this week um, because I think they're a little concerned about them filling. Right. Because it, if it's a noon time, it's fine. People, they don't have any worries about that. People are, a lot of times people are at their desk at work or, you know, on their lunch break and looking through their phones and, and you know, finishing up entries and adding some stuff. But at 5 a.m., they run that risk of, of the tournament not filling. And they do not, I mean, they don't like overlay. So who does? Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I do. Well, of course I, like I do. But in, in a business standpoint, <laughs> they're taking a bath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, they've got some enormous tournaments coming up. So in a couple weeks, DraftKings is offering uh, a Millie Maker for the fifth major at TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Champion. Right. So that's that's one where they're you know they're people are saving up for those weeks. Uh, next week is Bay Hill, so that should be interesting. Too. But um, what, let's talk about some of these other mid-range golfers. What do you say? I say I like Luke List, though. I know he's not mid-range, but I like Luke List at 8000 on DraftKings, and he's 9600 at FanDuel. Maybe that's a little high for FanDuel, but I, I think his price is okay at DraftKings. Yeah, AK is fine. AK is mid-range. Um, we've talked about some of the ups and downs that, that List has had in his career. Uh, really, at the top of his game in 2018, Kind of saw that change a little bit last year. And, you know, 8000 isn't cheap for Luke List. We've seen him cost a lot less. But um, that's one of the factors that could keep his ownership low because AK is a little bit up from where we're used to seeing him. Um, he had a miscut here in 2019. But from 2016 to 2018, he finished tied for 10th, tied for 52nd, and he finished second here in 2018. So he likes this course. He's a decent ball striker. And he kind of fits the type of golfer that we're looking for here. He's the type of golfer I'm looking for. Okay, we've got lots of value down here at DraftKings with 7,500 or less. Russell Henley, what do you like about him? I like Henley. Uh, he won here. Mm-hmm. He won here in 2014. Um, kind of missed the cut in 2016. Since 2016, he's improved every year. 
Um, and he's coming off a tie for 17th at the Genesis a couple weeks ago. He's another one of these guys who fares well in wind. And he's won at the Sony Open, which is interesting because it's another shorter track. It sees, it sees some wind. There's water. And there's some correlation between guys who've won at the Sony Open, leaderboard guys there, and, and this golf course. And why I wouldn't call uh, Wailea Country Club and PGA National, you know, com- comparable courses, uh, the leaderboards show some similarity, which is interesting. Um, Henley's a risk. Uh, he missed a bunch of cuts and then turned things around and at the Genesis. So he's a guy that I would only look for in, in, in large field GPPs. Right. Well, and, and there are not that many of them at DraftKings, but I, I'm probably going to go with him. What about, I like another player, and you probably won't, but I like him anyway. Taylor Gooch. You're gonna say Jim. F- I was well. No, I love Taylor Gooch. I thought you were gonna say Jim Fury. No, I'm gonna go with him again. Love- <laughs> uh, Gooch is a cut making machine, so I think he's gonna be popular. He's only 7,200. Um, he's fared well at, at tougher golf courses, and he he had a tie for tenth at Riviera. You know that's the mark of a really good young golfer. Um, he's I guess he's not that young. He's 29, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he. He finished tied for 20th here last season after after a miscut in 2018. So maybe he's getting a little more comfortable at this venue. And, yeah, I think Gooch could be higher ownership, but I think he's a good spend at 7,200. There's a ton of guys in that range who I like. Go Matthew ahead. Nesmith right. in his debut, right? Mm-hmm. So he had his first career top 10 last week, a tie for sixth. So we have to look at form. And, you know, without a lot of uh, track record at this course, with no track record at this course, really, we have to look at the other stack categories. He was tied for he's tied for 14th in greens of regulation this season. We could see a really good debut for him here. Yeah, I think you might be right. Bronson Burgoon. Gotta love Bronson Burgoon <laughs> at 6,700 bucks. But he's a freaking long shot. I mean, you never know though. You honestly never know in golf. He's he's a long shot, but. One of the things that he's done well is uh, he's played well in, in that bear trap stretch. So he's going 10 rounds without a bogey in that stretch on 15 to 17. I mean, that's not a catch-all, but it's something to, mo- to note if you're looking for these these dirt-cheap guys. You know, just kind of one point uh, sometimes. That's what I go with. I'm looking for maybe a couple different stat categories that, that stand out, and that's one that I find kind of interesting here. Um a little bit more about that bear trap. Uh, Russell Knox has has played well there, and you know he and, and Adam Hadwin actually had the best combined score through the bear trap. But Hadwin's on the field this week, so Knox is a guy that I'm looking at, and you know he gets kind of popular and chalky, and people use him a lot in cash games because he makes cuts and he's a good ball striker. Um, now, now you- but Knox is certainly. In consideration. Now you bring up the bear trap and stats involving the bear trap. Where do you find those? Where can people who are listening for the first time and don't know much about golf or how to handicap their own events, where would you find that? I actually do a lot of just Google searches on on like bear trap and things like that. So it pop up and I just read everything I can read. Um, there's not one go-to source that I have, right? I just, I mean, I'm an ex reporter. Um, I do a lot, I did a lot of research, uh, in my previous job. So I, I kind of just do a lot of searching and, and reading and get as much information as I can. 
um, before I start making some of these picks. That and, sounds good. Now, what what's the first thing? Now, what is the very first thing that you do, Antonio, when you're sitting down to handicap this tournament? Where do you, what do you do? What is your system? How do you arrive at the uh, choices that you make? Um. Well, it changes week to week depending on what kind of course we're playing. So mm-hmm. last week, uh, as a no-cut event, my strategy was a little bit different. You know, I wanted guys who could close. And, you know, you don't have to worry about missed cuts, so you can take a few more chances and focus on some of these golfers who, over the course of four rounds, are definitely going to fire low. Like, that's why I love John Rahm last week, because he's the guy who can, he goes through little stretches where he's not great and he gets frustrated with himself. We've seen that happen. As these maturities become better at that. Um, but the first thing I do is I look at the, uh, the, the course length and layout and features. I look at the grass type. Um, I find guys who excel in that grass type. And then I do as much research as I can on these focused stat categories to find out who's going to perform in all of them. This week, you know, uh, really bogey avoidance is one of the main things I'm looking at. We, you can't make doubles. You can't make a lot of bogeys and doubles. You're going to miss the cut. If you miss the cut, you have, I mean, the winner here is going to have six out of six making the cut. That's just, I mean, whoever wins these tournaments is going to have that. So you really need six out of six here. And the most important thing is if we look at one stat, it's bogey avoidance, greens and regular, bogey avoidance is like the number one thing I'm looking at. Greens and regulation, ball striking, that stuff comes into play. But, I, you know, you can't be making bogeys here. It's just it's a course that's going to kill you. If you get on one of those stretches where you make three, four bogeys and five holes. And some guys do that. Some guys go out and make tons of birdies and unfortunately have a few bogeys and, and a couple of really bad scores, and it hurts their chances. Right. So basically everything that you do can be Googled. So I can Google bear trap avoidance or bear trap stats at this particular yeah, P- course, and, and you can find those things. Yeah, PGATour.com has all the stats, and they go back pretty far. Mm-hmm. So I just I go to PGATour.com, and, you know, you can even take some of that stuff and plug that stuff into spreadsheets and make your own spreadsheets. There's a lot of options. Um, there's paid services. So FantasyNational.com has a paid service where they provide all that stats for you. Um, but, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. So... Um, I, I, this week I'm looking for value golfers who can round out some of these things. And these guys in that 7,200 range, a lot of them are, are solid and they're going to be the difference makers this week. Probably um, so. There's plenty, there's plenty of guys to look at too down there. Uh, Sam Burns is the name that's popping a lot. Right. I heard I, his I don't name. mind. Yeah. I don't mind Chesson Hadley. Uh, he seems to fare well on some of these Florida courses. He's got a, a, he's got a 20th place finish here, a 21st place finish. And, you know, this is a tough course. So if a guy has a decent history on this course, it's certainly something to look at. Another guy who, who's making his debut here is uh, Doc Redman. And he's kind of a longer hitter. But if he's smart on some of these par fours and, and, and clubs down, he should fare well too. Jim Furyk is going to fare well this week. Well, if you say so, you're more of a Furyk expert than I, than I am. I've been having kind of a rough time. Uh, with Furyk, I'm in between on him. Well, this he's week, done well when I haven't selected him, and and I'll take your I'll take your word for it on Furyk. I'll definitely include him in some of my GPPs. Well, you have to almost because he's 7100 at DraftKings. 
he's got a he's got a consistent record. You know, he's a guy who knows how to get things done. This is the type of course that he can do well at too, because he he's a good putter still. And if he gets hot with that putter, it's over because he's pretty good uh, with his short game too. That's important at this golf course is attacking that pin, especially in the wind, right? The toughest thing to do in golf is attack the pin in the wind. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's and I made the cut the last two, two years here, which he's played. He didn't play this course from 2015 to 2017, but he had a 46th in 2018, and he had a top 10 last year. So um, he's definitely someone that, that folks should consider. Uh I, and he's another one of these guys that form doesn't matter a lot with, right? Like, it doesn't matter what his last couple tournaments is. Burek, even when he shot his 59 or his 58 or whatever, he he hadn't played well. He just found it. You know and who else I like, too? I like Stuart Sink down there at 6,700. You know, he's made six or seven cuts. Okay, two of those were uh, exhibition tournaments, I think. But he's another one. He's got a name. He he knows how to play this golf course. It's not his first rodeo. And this is the type of course that doesn't intimidate him. The wind doesn't intimidate him. It's all about getting hot with that putter, though, right? Yeah, I worry about Sink's upside a little bit because in this past five years, I mean, he missed the cut last year, four straight made cuts before that, no top 25. So that concerns me a little bit. Um, I'd almost rather look to a guy like Duffner who's 300 cheaper. He's 6,400. He missed the cut here last year, but in his four previous years, he finished 17th, 61st, 14th, and 17th. So he's got three top 20s in his last five years, and he's a guy who's completely off the radar because of his poor form. Um, He's also a grinder. When he won, uh, I was out in Rochester when he won at Oak Hill, and Duffin wasn't making that many birdies, but he wasn't making a lot of bogeys. And he was just kind of grinding and hitting fairways and hitting greens. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Plus, you know, he's won before, not maybe at this event, but he knows how to get into the winner's circle. That's another thing that you want to remember. Even though Duffner's kind of fallen off a cliff since he had a couple of hot years, it's still one of those deals where he has the experience. The same thing in any sport, but mostly in an individual sport like this. And I like him a lot. There's one other one I was going to say, and then I was going to let these fine people get on with their day. Um, what about Luke Donald? Luke Donald is playing halfway decent. He's 6,200, and he's he's a long shot too, right? Yeah, a long shot. And, you know, he has <laughs> a, he, he a, a top 10 here, but that was a while back when he really was striking it well. Uh, um you know, Luke Donald excels because he's a good putter and he doesn't three putt. I think he had a stretch. Um, I think he might even hold the record for consecutive holes without a three putt. And I think it's something disgusting, like 400 something holes in a row without a three putt. I can't even conceive of that. because <laughs> I mean, I, there's rounds where I have a handful myself, handful of three putts in 18 holes. So to go 400 plus, holes without a three putt is just baffling to me. Uh, one guy that I saw in that range too, 6,300, Patty Harrington, mm-hmm. um, really has not done well here recently, but won here in 2015. So a guy who's done well here in the past. And if you go down, uh, the super cheap guys, 
Vijay Singh is in the field. Right. He finished sixth here last year. And then the last time he played it before that, he also finished sixth. So, you know, Vijay, blast from the past, 6K, total punt. I mean, that's min salary on DraftKings. Not a terrible if you if you put four golf if you put five golfers in there and you only have six thousand to spend, why not plug in VJ Singh? Or a Davis Love the Third, who we know can win. He might not win this event, but if he makes the cut, you're probably the only one that's gonna own him. Besides I, me. I hate Davis. I hate Davis Love. I can't play him. Why? If he if, if I, I I just I'm not a fan. He's I'm not very a fan. difficult. He's very difficult in the gallery. You know, some guys oh, are like tough. That. Yeah, he gets guys booted and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, he I'm, don't I'm play. He don't play. Davis Love doesn't play. But I saw, I watched him play a lot in Vegas and Furyk and those guys. You know, they're, they're difficult. Sometimes in individual sport, guys can be difficult. I know that I can be difficult. Um, it is what it is, you know. Uh, when He's I go another- on the tennis court, I can be difficult. Yeah, but he's just, he's spoon-fed. I mean, he's had everything handed to him his entire life. He's the son of a golf pro. Mm-hmm. He, he had, like, a charmed existence. He, he for some reason, he keeps getting his ne'er-do-well son invited and gets exempted for, for some of these golf tournaments. You know, Davis, uh, whatever his name is, I forget what his name right. is. But he, I, I, can't, I can't. He's just, I can't. I can't deal with him. He's, I just have an aversion to Davis Love. I would I, I don't see myself using any Dave. And VJ Singh, I'll use. I like VJ. VJ's actually like a two hand, like a scratch golfer, like a two handicap from the left side. When he plays lefty, he's still better than ninety eight percent of the golfers that are out there. Right, I know. Any last pieces of advice before we let the fine people go? Well, again, remember this is a completely different setup from from the West Coast swing. This is the, the beginning of a stretch in Florida. Can get a little soggy. It's going to be windy this week. Um, you know, you don't need to big be a big hitter, but it doesn't seem to hurt here. Um, try to find guys who are going to make cuts, and you know, maybe a couple guys in that group who can can put it together and win. But you don't need a bunch of studs like last week. Uh, last week, you really needed a bunch of guys in the top five. I think you needed at least four out of five to to finish in like with like a top ten finish in your GPPs. This week, you're not going to need that. I mean, three in the top, three or four in the top ten, and a couple of guys in the top twenty five, and you're going to do pretty well in GPPs. Yeah, I think that you're right. But how you're going to do the best is you come to Win Daily Sports. We have, like I said before, we have second to none coverage of PGA, and not just PGA. We have NASCAR, we have NBA, we have NHL, we have uh, sports betting. We've got all kinds of things, and all for $19.99. And we hope that you come over and check us out. For Antonio Darkangelis, I'm Phil Nason. Thanks for listening to the Wind Daily Podcast.